Hey everyone, welcome back to We're In Between, the podcast that discusses an episode of As Told by Ginger, once a week, every week. Last time, uh, we took a look at the TV movie Butterflies Are Free. I was not present for this discussion, but Patricia and I did watch through it. And I uh, just wanted to give my quick uh, my quick thoughts. I absolutely loved this TV movie. I give it a yay. Not quite a super yay, because I'm realizing I need to reel those in a little bit. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought the it grew our characters that we've been coming, that we've been getting to know so well in a way that was completely unprecedented in the show. I feel like we saw the characters age in a pretty believable way, and we're seeing the issues they deal with uh, just become more visceral, more intense, more meaningful. So I loved it as a transitional piece. I loved it as its own standalone and as a part of the show, obviously. Uh, so with that being said, coming up next is the episode Heat Lightning. This is our episode 46, episode 49 of the show. It aired on June 27th, 2004, and it was written by Eric Casimiro. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we're in between. Someone once told me the grass is much greener. We have a lot of cool stuff planned for season three. Being proud of who you are no matter what you do. You definitely see the characters progress a lot more. They start growing up. I think Ginger and Darren are endgame. It is a masterpiece of an episode. Oh, it's the cattiest moment in the history of television. Trust me, everybody has been excited for our thoughts on it. Who's the girl in the pink capri? It's Courtney, it's Courtney! Alright, and in this episode, uh, we have Ginger, Dodie, Macy, and Courtney returning to Camp Caprice as counselors. Ginger begins to feel that she may not want Darren as a boyfriend, but Sasha instead. And after a bad run-in with Sasha, Ginger realizes that she didn't want to date him. She only wanted the feelings that she had when she first met him. Meanwhile, Dr. Dave has to stay with Lois because his house is being fumigated, and it turns out that his mother, our favorite character in the whole show, has to stay there too. Carl and Hudzia also try to deal with the ongoing heat wave. We also have a new hairstyle change for Ginger, Dodie, Macy, Courtney, and Darren all at once. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. So this takes place around the summertime. So we can assume that during the time of Butterflies Are Free, which took place around maybe early summer. So we can assume that it takes place maybe like a few weeks later. And yes, their hairs have completely changed. So Ginger's hair is longer. Dodie lost the pigtails and now she's keeping her hair down. Macy's hair slightly grew and is a little bit more styled. Courtney's hair is kind of like in a ponytail and Darren's hair is actually slightly longer. Darren's uh, hair is not the only thing that's changed. We'll definitely see more on that next week. But yes, we do see that not only has their hairstyles changed, but you can, I mean, when listening to their voices, I can definitely tell that um, they were told to age them up a bit because because when Ginger does her narration uh, talking about the worst heat wave that she's ever experienced, I noticed that it's a little bit more low. There's a little less rasp in it. I, I think that she's starting to mature a little bit in her tone. She is, and that's a great point. I find that uh, 
all of the characters just seem more confident. They seem to be there growing into their more authentic selves. It's They're clearly seeing the, the coming high school transition as a way to reinvent themselves, and they're taking advantage of that, as I did when I went to high school, and I think a lot of people did. Yeah, and I think that this was around the time, uh, according to our interviews with uh, the three main voice actresses, Melissa, Aspen, and Jackie, that around season three, this is when they got a lot more comfortable with their characters, and they were able to implement a little bit of themselves into their roles. So you can tell when even listening to all three of the girls that they have this sense of purpose on what the characters are and how they're represented. Uh, you know, we have with uh, Ginger's case, uh, with her wondering if she still has the strong, uh, if she still has the same strong feelings with Darren that we've seen in episodes such as Far From Home, Wicked Game, The Easter Ham, and Butterflies Are Free. I guess this during this time now she's feeling that she's no longer um, the she's no longer having the strong love for Darren as she did once before, and I guess that's pretty normal. I guess for a girl, if um, if if she you know has been with somebody for so long, maybe for some people they get kind of bored, or maybe they start changing, which we'll definitely d discuss about over in the next couple of weeks about the relationship changing over time. But this is actually like the starting point in which Ginger is wondering, do I love Darren? Do I want to stay with him? Or are we just growing apart? And so she's hoping that this trip to Camp Caprice that we discussed about a while ago in Summer of Camp Caprice that it will help her um, miss Darren. So, yeah, so now going into um, the Carlin Hoodsey plot, it starts them off with the, in the doghouse, and they're completely hot and miserable. And we have Brandon coming in as the Iceman. And the reason why he's <laughs> indebted to Carlin Hoodsey is because Mr. Licorice ate Maud's gallstone. Right. Well, and he even says, Brandon's kind of annoyed with them, and he says, Your ice man hath cometh for the last time. <laughs> My debt is paid in F-U-L-L. It's hysterical. And, yeah, and going back to the ginger plot, the, I love the concept of them going back to Camp Caprice, especially coming back as counselors. It was nice to, for us to revisit something familiar, but it also highlights, you know, how they're now in positions of authority in a camp where they once were little kids and it it highlights their transition really well in a really smart way and I much prefer seeing Camp Caprice this time around to the original TV movie which I'm on record is not hating at all but I think th they do it better this time around oh they do it much better it's it's actually <laughs> less annoying <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. And the song is back, and it's great. Also, one of the campers says to Ginger, Oh, how old are you now? 20? <laughs> I thought that's such a little kid thing, you know? They have no concept of older ages above, like, 16. Yeah, exactly. I remember in this episode of Arthur, in which uh, when Arthur was digging around to see if they can find some ancient um, antiques and artifacts, they found um, like you know those old containers where the uh, where uh, those old containers where they have like. Um, uh, those those metal tins where they keep like old stuff, and there was this. Uh, they found this penny that said um, that that was like forty years old, and then Muffy says forty years old. That's how old my mom is. That's ancient. 
anyway, yeah, I, I just love the fact that um, this transition to Camp Caprice makes so much sense in the... Um, and the fact that now Ginger, Dodie, and Macy are camp counselors. And not only that, Courtney is a camp counselor. And last time that she was in Camp Caprice, she was absolutely miserable. She hated right. Camp Caprice. She despised every waking moment. But now she's absolutely confident of going to Camp Caprice and teaching the young kids about the ways of camping in her way. So, yeah, this is a great transition for Courtney as well. Well, it's a weird thing to say about a fictional cartoon character, but I'm very, like, personally proud of Courtney Grippling and how far she's come over these these three seasons. Oh, yeah, definitely. She started off as this confused, sheltered, rich girl who saw the middle class from afar and always curious about how they live their life. But now she's pretty much embraced it, and she's pretty... And she's in the sense of trying out new things which uh, in the next couple of weeks we'll see another example of that but yeah it's definitely she's come a long way since episode one where she was curious about front season doing pedicures with um not going to the store to do it totally totally and i will say i i think the ginger plot is a lot stronger in this one than the carl hoodsy one i don't hate the carl hoodsy plot but it's it's so much less interesting than everything that's going on with the girls yeah, well, there's a lot of things that are happening. Like, first of all, with Ginger, she's starting to feel the emotions of not um, missing Darren as much. And then she started having um, visions of Sasha. She sees him in the shadows and she's dreaming about him. And then all of a sudden she feels like this urge to try to find him and see if maybe she can meet up with him again. And she starts having feelings for him again, which... It's kind of strange, considering that if you remember from Ginger Solo, Sasha revealed to Ginger that he had a girlfriend, and it completely broke her heart. So I guess, you know, I mean, she did mention it in, uh, in when she was writing in her uh, diary that the last time that we met up was a disaster. So I'm just actually really curious that... You know, now it's actually pretty interesting, the fact that now she's interested in seeing Sasha again. Yes, and I'll be honest, I definitely didn't think he was actually there. I thought she was just having, like, delusions, but that was an interesting twist for me, that he really is there, and they really do kind of confront that old nonsense. Yeah, even though I think that, to be quite honest, I really kind of wish it was an illusion, that maybe Ginger just had some old flame that was burning in herself, that maybe she could have learned a lesson. I just felt with the whole meetup with Sasha at the end was pretty pointless. It, right, because I feel like it didn't give us any closure we didn't already have from the second Sasha episode. Sasha, while he was happy to see Ginger, they're still friends and he still is dating Clover and Ginger is still heartbroken again. So there was absolutely no purpose of Ginger and Sasha meeting up again. I really would have preferred if it was actually just memories of Sasha when she was going over to the barn and we even see the 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 the, the area where um you know the the cow was giving birth to the calf for the first time. And when they when they first met in the stable in which Ginger was petting the horse and Sasha was there um, telling her not to go over to pet the horse because against the rules. But Ginger knew the horse very well. So I would have thought that maybe those old memories would have been strong enough. I feel, um, you know, the whole show don't tell motif could have 
benefited for this ginger plot. Yeah, I agree with that. It was kind of nice to have her, you know, because she, being at Camp Caprice, made her think about Sasha. That makes sense. Uh, having doubts about Darren, that also makes sense. But it was great to see Ginger reach the realization that, you know, as she says, I didn't want Sasha as a boyfriend. What I wanted was those feelings I had when I first met him, which is some of the just, one of the biggest truth bombs Ginger has dropped on this entire show. Yeah, and I guess she would have learned that a lot sooner had it not been for the fact that Dodie was saying to um, Ginger that, hey, the reason why you're feeling this way is because you want Sasha. And and then, of course, there's also Courtney's advice about um, different flavors, about, like, sometimes I like to change to this flavor to the other flavor. If you don't want chocolate, then I switch over to vanilla. So it's just feeding the doubts for Ginger of whether she wants to stay with Darren. Anyway, so continuing on with the plot, so with Carl and Hoodsy, they want to purchase an air conditioner, and they're trying to save up money so they can be able to do that, and they do a whole bunch of things. They do ver- various chores for, um, well, right before we discuss about that, um, I want to talk about the scene that we discussed about with the storyboard artists, that you have Carl sitting in the chair completely naked on the freezer, and Dr. Dave and Lois just walk in and just see them embarrassed. Yes, yeah, we finally get that scene that they talked about. Yeah, and the reason why Dr. Dave is there is because Carl let out fire ants in his apartment and he has to stay with the Foutleys for a few days while the apartment gets fumigated. And it doesn't help much that Dr. Dave's mother happens to show up as well and things just get even more complicated, especially for Lois, who's just absolutely miserable. We even see Dr. Dave's mother, um, you know, pouring a whole bunch of sugar into iced tea and it's like 10 tablespoons of sugar and even when she drinks it she says still too bitter which i can assume that maybe it's not real sugar because you know lois is still on her diet and she still wants to stay fit for the wedding so i take it that maybe it's kind of like a sugar substitute or something which is why that she keeps adding sugar over and over again yeah that would make sense but yeah i mean just oh my god dr dave's mother she is something else yeah, she. I find her entertaining, even though she's excessive. Oh God! Especially when um, she when Lois approaches Do- Do- uh, Dr. Dave's mom and she says, "Um, excuse me, uh, you know, ma'am." And then she says, "No, please call me mom." And oh my God, that face! That face looks like this giant grin and the hair yeah. curled up. It's that cr- that was creepy. That creeped Pretty me out. Disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. And Lois was thinking about sending her to a hotel. And then she's like, no, hotels frighten me. And so uh, it's decided that she was going to be over in uh, Ginger's room and Dr. Dave was going to be over at Carl's room. While they're doing that, Carl and Hoodsy are helping Dr. Dave and Lois being comfortable um, blowing the fans outside. And, um, you know, they're being like these little luau boys outside and... Uh, you know, giving them cool air and then Dr. Dave's giving them money so that they can be able to pay for the air conditioner. And what's awesome is that after they eventually do pay it, they have this extension cord and they plug it all the way to um, to Blake's treehouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, them uh, asking the guy who works at the shop or when when they trick him into getting them an extension cord, that was hysterical. 
Yeah, it's brilliant. And then um, their doghouse is the only thing that's cool because the power throughout the entire neighborhood is out. And so eventually we have... um, we have Carl Hoodsy and Dr. Dave's mother playing cards. And, um, you know, apparently, uh, it still hasn't been decided about who was cheating, but, um, you know, because, um, let's see, it was uh, Dr. Dave's mom who has four kings, but then Hoodsy had a king. And so they're arguing about who was cheating. And the thing that shocked me the most is that, uh, you know, they were fighting, like wrestling, but Dr. Dave's mother bit Hoodsy's ear. What what who is she Mike Tyson to a Vander Holyfield? Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> she could get arrested for that. Violating no, totally. Yeah, she can get arrested for assaulting a young kid by biting his ear. Yeah, it's uh upsetting. Should not have been okay. Yeah, I couldn't believe that they put that in there. Anyway, so continuing on, so um, with uh, with Ginger Doty and Macy, they're being camp counselors. There's this competition now in which whoever is the best um, camp group wins a trophy, and Ginger is uh, having her own little group of kids wa- um, that she's watching over. She keeps dreaming about Sasha, and then there's this one scene in which they're into archery, and Sasha um, actually releases a bow attached to a piece of paper, and he almost kills Macy for it. And I'm like, dude, couldn't you just approach Ginger and say, hey, Ginger, would you like to talk? As opposed to like, you know, even we even mentioned this in, you know, before about how Sasha was clearly not in love with Ginger anymore, but it made it look like that because he has a letter attached to a bow, to an arrow, like Cupid. Yeah, he's just an idiot. Like, I think we can all agree on that, that he just does not think this stuff through. I mean, he even, of course, being a complete idiot that he is, it's like, hey, I'm going to ask my ex-girlfriend to see if she wants to ride horses with me. It's like... Oh, God, this is something that you see in a Disney movie. You don't want to do that. You don't want to toy around with a girl's heart. No, but Sasha does. Oh, of course, Sasha does, obviously. But (laughs) but Ginger does the smart thing in which she's going to walk away from Sasha, even in the rain, knowing that this is absolutely awkward and wrong. And so then she starts feeling the affections of Darren again because she just wanted the uh, the emotions that she felt from Sasha during Summer of Camp Caprice, and which it's not there anymore. It's long past, which we already knew that from Ginger Solo. That's true. I'm just wondering, I guess it's tough because it's hard to do an episode about Camp Caprice and ignore Sasha, but I kind of think this episode would have been better if they had. Exactly. Like I said, do like, you know, dream sequence, you know, have Ginger dreaming about Sasha, have her memory, have memories of Sasha in all the places that she went to. I think that would have been just as strong. Yeah, she could have come to this she could have come to this conclusion just the same without actually seeing him again. Yes. Now, let me ask you something, Casey. Um, I, I, I'm curious. Have you seen the newest Pokemon movie? I have not. Okay. Do you know about the spoiler that everybody's been talking about online? I do, yes. Okay, so for anybody who is interested in seeing the Pokemon movie, then please do not listen to this part because I, I want to bring something up. Okay. Uh-huh. 
So for those who don't know what we're referring to, so here's the thing. In Pokemon I Choose You, there's a scene in which when um, Ash and Pikachu are at their lowest point and they're being attacked... And Pikachu and Ash tells Pikachu, Pikachu, get into your Pokeball. And then Pikachu approaches Ash and he speaks to him. Not like, oh, Pikachu. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like legitimately speak, saying, no, Ash, I'm never going to leave you behind. You're you mean a lot to me. And I can assure you, I saw that clip when it was being played in the theaters and everybody laughed. Yeah, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Okay, let me compare it to another scene. So, Yu-Gi-Oh! The Dark Side of Dimensions. Spoilers, once again, if you want to know more information, I did a podcast about it, so go listen to that. Uh, so, throughout this entire movie, um, there was talks about, we need to get the Pharaoh back. Because, and if you remember from the very last episode of Yu-Gi-Oh!, Yu-Gi and the Pharaoh dueled, and if Yu-Gi won, he was able to set the Pharaoh's soul free. And Kaiba has been wanting to fight the, the Pharaoh again because he feels incomplete. And so he pieces together the Millennium Puzzle where the Pharaoh's soul was set and hoping that maybe he would come back for one last time. And he doesn't because the Pharaoh's soul has been set free. But during a moment in which the bad guy was about to release a powerful attack, the Pharaoh did appear and he helped them out. When Yugi and the Pharaoh stared at each other for the first time in a long time, all they did was acknowledge each other by nodding smiling and then he was gone no words just emotions that was a powerful moment because we knew as an audience that these characters have been together for so long and this was an implication that yugi has grown up and no longer needed the pharaoh to help him duel to help him become a man so that moment was powerful and it was not spoken with words The Pokemon moment in which Pikachu said, I'm going to be with you, Ash. That was just so unnecessary. So you can do a lot with no dialogue. And you can do a lot with simple presentation. As the old saying goes, show, don't tell. Or you don't have to have Sasha there. You can have just the the figment of Ginger's imagination. The memories that she had of Sasha in Camp Caprice. That enough is strong. We don't need Sasha to come back and reinforce what we already learned in Ginger Solo. Exactly. But, to their credit, they don't spend a ton of time on it, and it's certainly not the takeaway of the episode. No, that is true, absolutely. Alright, so, um, you know, to wrap things up, uh, Ginger's uh, crew won the competition, and she decides that she's going to call Darren and tell him that she misses him. And the episode ends with a Camp Capri song playing in the background, which it's, it's actually pretty nice. So, yeah, I guess there's not really much to say, so we can give our ranking of yay, nay, or meh. So, why don't you start us off, Casey? This one's a yay. For me, an unhesitant yay. I very much enjoyed it. I feel like we're learning a lot about these characters, and bringing them back to Camp Caprice was a smart and entertaining move. Yeah, I think that with the Camp Caprice thing, just that little blemish of Sasha being there, other than that, I think that this was definitely a way of implementing Camp Caprice in a pretty smart way. I thought that with Ginger, Dodie, and Macy being camp counselors, that was great. Us visiting an old place that we haven't seen since season one um, in a completely different perspective. And just the feelings of old, of an old flame was actually really fascinating. Corlin Hoodsy's plot was okay, nothing really too special, but just the fact that we see 
a different side of Ginger with her doubting of her and uh, Darren's relationship was actually pretty fascinating. And we'll, this will definitely be a major follow-up throughout this point in the series. So I'm going to give it a slight yay at the, in, in this particular episode. All right, well, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week as we're going to be discussing about episode 50. Hope to see you around soon, and take care. Well, the time has come for us to say goodbye To the sandy shores of Lake Caprice And as we go to the places we call home We hold inside our hearts one tiny piece Of the spirit, the spirit of Camp Caprice Y'all.